Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here and taking time out of your day to listen and grow with God. We pray that God will speak to you and you will experience His amazing love through this message. Let's take a listen. I don't know about you, but man, I am so excited about next Sunday, December 4th, free professional Santa pictures. We've been talking about it for weeks, but go ahead and be sure to invite your friends and your families and take advantage of what we have planned at each of our campus after each service next week. So as we start this morning, I want everybody to close your eyes, all right? Everybody in the room, I want you to close your eyes, all right? And imagine this lush green field. And in this field, you got butterflies, you got rabbits, and then you got some lambs laying in the grass. And in the middle of all this, you see the feet of Jesus, about six inches to a feet off the ground. And then you look up, you see Jesus' arms spread open wide. And then you see this beautiful sunrise behind him. So we have this picture of Jesus floating about a foot off the ground with lambs and bunnies and butterflies. All right, so you can open up your eyes. So I came to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is when I was 12 years old. So I knew that in order to have a relationship with him, in order to go to heaven, that I needed to accept him as my Lord and my Savior. But for some reason, I still had that image of Jesus floating in the field with lambs and bunnies and butterflies. So I grew up in the Catholic church, and for some reason, that was the image. But guys, I read something in high school that completely changed the way that I view Jesus. So instead of this guy floating in the field with lambs and bunnies, I read something in the book of John that completely changed it. And so a couple weeks ago, Jonathan challenged us to invest our lives into people, to disciple people. And so today I wanna practically look in the word of God and see what does that actually look like. So it first starts in John chapter one, verse 35 through 39. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. And so verse 35 says, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want, he asked. Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Guys, do you see this? The second phrase in the book of John, red letters, so the red letters indicates Jesus is talking. Jesus says, come and see. And so when I read that, I was like, okay, all right, I, I'm starting to see what Jesus was about. Jesus preached, he performed miracles, he made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. But I'm starting to see what Jesus actually did. All right, so let's go ahead and turn to John chapter 21. And so let me paint a picture of what's going on. So at this point, Jesus has died on the cross, he's rose from the grave, and the disciples experienced Jesus a couple different times since his resurrection. And so in John chapter 21, we see yet another example of them experiencing Jesus once when he's resurrected. 
All right, so Simon Peter, Peter, the guy that denies Jesus three times, okay, him and some of the disciples decided to go fishing. So they go fishing all through the night into the early morning, and it's about sunrise time. So they see this guy from the shore saying, hey, fellas, have y'all caught anything? And they're like, no. He was like, throw your nets to the other side of the boat and you'll catch some fish. Now, time out. If this is me, and I've been working all night, and there's this guy that just from the shoreline says, throw your nets to the other side, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, right, I don't think so. So they did it anyways, and as soon as they did that, they caught more fish than they could even haul in, to be exact, 153 large fish. So once when that happens, Peter realizes, wait a minute, this is Jesus, and he books it to the shoreline. Now, it doesn't say this, but in my mind, I see, I see Peter diving in to the lake, but he's just not like, oh, casually going, but he's like, hey, Jaws is behind me, and he's beelining it to the shoreline. And you know, you get at that level where you can barely tiptoe, and you're kind of bobbing up and down. And so he's at that point, and once when he's able to, to you know, both feet are on the ground, he starts running towards Jesus. So as Peter's doing that, you have the other disciples bring in the boats and their huge nets of fish to the shoreline. So in John chapter 21, verse nine, we see something that when I read this, my jaw dropped to the ground. So let's, let's go to John chapter 21, verse nine. It says, when they got there, they found breakfast waiting on them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Are you for real? So Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he's having breakfast with his boys. One of the last things he does on this earth is he is having breakfast with his boys. And when I read that, my image and my view of Jesus completely changed. He sets the ultimate example of what discipleship looks like. It's spending time with people. And so this idea of Jesus floating in a field quickly changed, and I saw, oh, okay, that's what Jesus was about. And so when, you, when we hear that word discipleship, I'm sure a lot of different things come to your mind, a lot of different definitions. And so today I want, I want us to have a definition to kind of build upon. So the, the, the first blank, discipleship can be defined as the process of leading someone to become like Christ. The process of leading someone to become more like Christ. So once when we got that, that definition of discipleship, it made me think about, all right, well, what's the definition of a disciple? Like we hear that all the time. And so I love this definition of, of, of disciple. is someone who follows the teaching in the life of Jesus. Oh my goodness. So I love that definition, the process of leading. So I kind of got a funny story. So back in ninth grade, it was spring training at Grayson High School. So the high school wasn't even done being built yet. And we were actually doing spring training over at McConnell Middle School right down the road. It was a dirt field. And so we're all starting, it's Monday and we're all doing sprints. So I get up to the line with my friends and we start running and dude, I'm winning, I'm winning and they're trying to hold me back so they could win. 
you know, when we stop short of the line and we just kind of just coast through, we go back to the end of the line and we're laughing and cutting up. And then I hear a whistle like I've never heard in my life. He blows it, Coach Khan blows it. He's like, Bojack, get up here. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get that deer and headlight look and the pit of your stomach drops to your feet and you kind of become numb. And then everybody parts like the Red Sea. So here I am, there's Coach Khan. He's like, Bojack, get up here. So I sprint up there. He gets this close to me. He's like, Bojack, I don't ever want you to see you stop short of that line. I want you to run through that line. Obviously, he says it with a lot more passion, okay? And then icing on the cake is not only was I called out in front of everybody, my dad happens to be 20 feet away on the back of his truck taking this all in. And so still today, 20-something years later, my dad reminds me of Justin to run through that line. And so that right there started that process. Coach Khan made such an impact You know, that process of leading someone to become more like Christ, that was the start of that process. And so at Greystone, guys, we have a tool. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we have a a set of tools that not a lot of churches have, and it's these. It's our discipleship books. We have a clear path. Our, Our lead pastor, Jonathan, had this incredible vision of creating a clear path of discipleship of bringing somebody to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is and then growing in that relationship. I mean, guys, we are sending these out to other churches across the Southeast, across the USA, because a lot of churches don't have something like this. So I met a guy a couple months ago named Tim. So if you know me, Sunday mornings, I try and slow down and talk, but there's some mornings that like I'm laser focused. All right, we got this, we got this going on. But I was, I was walking back in the back of the auditorium and then there comes this guy turning around those doors over there. He was in a blue shirt and we locked eyes and God was like, slow down and talk to him. So we started to talk and next thing you know, I'm meeting the guy for lunch. And so as we were talking about, it, he was like, yeah, me and God are cool, we're good. And then after further discussion, he quickly realized, oh, wait a minute, I don't have a relationship. So man, I was able to share the good news of Jesus with him and he prayed to receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. But it, it just doesn't stop there because that's, that's kind of the easy thing to do. So based on our conversation that, that Sunday, I ended up buying him a Bible because he, he didn't have one. So... The moment that, that he prayed to receive Christ, I was like, hey, Tim, this is just the beginning. And so gave him starting points. And so, man, I got an incredible story from Tim about what God is doing through this process. So why don't, why don't we uh, check this out? For me, I thought I had a good baseline for my faith. Um, clearly, I didn't. So getting in that book, it really made me realize that this is just a deeper connection and, and walking with, um, with Jesus and having that relationship with God. I, I wasn't doing that. And this was kind of giving me, me accountability where I would see that book every day in my car, at my desk at work. Every chance I had, it, it gave me the opportunity to, to get into it and dive in and always have um, 
something to look forward to. Like, you know, go read this passage. Tell me what you thought. You know, it really helped me understand and just get started on, on my, my journey to faith. My first initial thoughts was I was very excited because I, I needed a place to start from. So right off the bat, the, the title for me uh, seemed really um, apt for my situation because I, I, I needed to start. Um, I didn't know where to start. And uh, I was really just looking for some guidance. And, and because if I had to do it without the book, I probably would have, have given up by now. It was, it was very a big task to, to overtake. And I wanted to, um, I just needed that guidance and just really have that, that map and somebody to, 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 to look for for that guidance. Oh, oh praise the Lord. And so, man, what God is doing, this is just book one, one story. God is moving so much at Greystone through this discipleship process. So the question I have for you is, where are you? Where are you at in your walk with Jesus? Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you think you and God are, are cool, that we're good. But our desire at Greystone Church is that every person would go through each of these books, because I'm telling you, every time I do this, I'm reminded what an amazing God that we have. So the question is, what is your next step in your relationship with Jesus? Maybe you need this, or maybe you've been doing this for 15 or 20 years. This is such a great reminder. But again, this clear process of leading someone for, for us to be more like Christ is such an amazing opportunity to allow God to overflow our cups into other people's lives. So I love Mark 10, 45, and it reads, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So a couple of weeks ago, we were challenged of, of who are we investing into? You know, when I was talking about those, that specific coach, but other coaches and other teachers that invested into me that I am still feeling the effects of, I'm sure those people, those coaches, those teachers that poured into you are coming to your mind and you're thinking, man, thank you, Lord, for those people. So the next question is, are you paying it forward? Jesus sets the ultimate example of what discipleship looks like. Spending time with, that, with people and that through that time, pointing them to Jesus. So are you paying it forward today? Write that down, answer that question. Just don't think about it, but I want you to write that down. Is are you paying it forward? So let's turn to the book of Titus, chapter two, because I want yet another reason why we are called to pay it forward. So Titus chapter two, two through seven. It says, teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older woman to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely, to be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely and to be yourself and, 
And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind, letting everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. So fellas, we are called to pay it forward. So are you doing that? Are you doing that in your life? Are you doing that at Greystone Church? Wiser ladies, you kind of see what I did there, ladies? Wiser ladies, are you paying it forward to the younger ladies in your life? To the, wise, to the younger ladies at Greystone Church? Because I know God is doing amazing works through each and every single one of us here. And there's some mind-blowing stories of how God is transforming people's life. Are you keeping that to yourself? Or are you looking for opportunities to pay it forward? But man, I love, I love this. In the same way um, on verse seven, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. So again, let's take a look at, at my life. Am I doing that? Am I setting the example for the people closest to me, for my wife, for my kids, for the people that I see every single day, to my, to my extended family? Like, am I showing Jesus? Am I, am, am I living in such a way that he overflows my cup into other people's life? So I want you to look at your life and answer that question. Man, am I paying it forward? And so... The title of this series is Real Relationships, focusing on what truly matters. So today, as we look back on this whole series, the number one most important question, the number one most important relationship that we can ask ourselves is, do I have a relationship with Jesus? That is the most important relationship that we can have on this earth. You might be here today and be like, yeah, me and God are cool, just like Tim. But after further conversation, he quickly realized, wait a minute, I don't have a relationship at all. And so today, I want to be sure that you have that opportunity. And so on the bottom of the talk notes, you see our communication card. That is the best way for us to get connected. And if you don't have a relationship, like if you were able, if you were to go out on your way home, you're getting a car wreck, and if you don't know where exactly you would spend eternity let me know. Let your campus pastor know. Let somebody know because we would love to have a conversation with you because that is the most important relationship that we can ever have on this earth. Then that follows up with question number two is what about the relationships that are closest to you? How are they? Maybe you might be on the mountaintops and everything is going great. It's clicking on all cylinders Everybody is doing awesome, and if that is so, praise the Lord. Or maybe you're here and you're going through the valleys of the shadow of death and you don't know where to turn. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness with that one relationship. Maybe you and your spouse just went at it last night, and it's that awkward moment of like, no, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not going to forgive. I know I'm right. But, but maybe you need to ask for forgiveness today. Over the course of this series, we also talked about toxic relationships. Maybe you have that one relationship that whenever you talk, whenever you get together, things just go downhill real quick. Maybe today you just need to get rid of that relationship. Or maybe you need to set boundaries on some of these relationships. 
And so as we go into the Christmas season, I wanna pray and I wanna challenge you and take and look. And so like for me, just to be vulnerable at the relationships that are closest to me, like as I was preparing for this, God was like, Justin, you just need to listen. And it's not listening like, all right, I think I hear what she's saying, but let me go ahead and, and have my response. So let me go ahead and like, hey, how can I fix this? Let me do this. Like, Bojack, slow down and just listen. All right, how about, how about with my girls? I got a 13 and an 11-year-old. 98% of the time I say the right things, but it's how I respond. So like for me, checking like, all right, how can I focus on the relationships closest to me? Is like, all right, Jesus, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you overflow into those relationships. And so again, as we leave here, I want to encourage you to look at your relationships. See where can I pay it forward? So y'all join me in prayer. Lord God, we thank you so much, Jesus. We thank you for that ultimate example that you gave us, God. That example of spending time with people, Jesus. We thank you for dying on the cross and saving us of our sins, Lord God, so that we can have a relationship and we can experience life to the fullest and experience eternal life. And so, Lord, as we go into the Christmas season, Lord God, we just pray that those people that don't know who you are on a personal level don't have that relationship with you, Lord God, that they will just ask a question. They will find somebody, write it down on their communication card to have that conversation, Lord Jesus, so they can experience in you, Lord God. Those relationships that are closest to us, God, that you give us wisdom and guidance, Lord God, on, on how to make them closer to you. And so, Lord God, as we leave here today, we just ask, God, that your hedge of protection will be upon everybody. And we thank you again, Jesus, for the ultimate example that you're setting. In your name that we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to go to our website, greystonechurch.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We look forward to connecting with you. We hope you have an amazing day and we'll catch you next week.